The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob. Joined alongside me, as always, Tate. <coughs> What's up? And Sage. Uh-huh. Chip bag far away this week? Who? Is the, your tortilla chip bag far away? No tortilla chip bag right now. I Just a God. bottle of wine. Good. That's not very noisy. I can't make Tate. How how we feeling? It's the first time we've recorded since the end of the Super Bowl. Pissed. Pissed. Yeah. So so mad. Who are you mad at? I just hate Mahomes. Man, he. I don't know. The Chiefs. I'm I'm terribly pissed at. But I mean, it's not their fault. Uh, but I just fucking hate that they won. Oh my gosh. Watching them celebrate at the end was so painful. We got. I'm fucked. in agreement. I had no idea who I wanted, so I said, okay, I'm going to live bet the... Well, actually, that's not true. I knew who I wanted. I knew I wanted the Eagles to win. I had no idea who I thought... I I didn't know who I thought would win. So I said, all right, I'm going to watch one drive, and depending on who that... like, Then I'll make my bet. So Eagles had opening drive, didn't they? Yes. Well, I'm sorry. I'll watch one drive from each team. Mm. They both went down, scored a touchdown. And I went, well, bummer. And here's the key. You got to watch the trenches. I was like, both trenches look pretty good. So I said, I think it's going to be even a game. Go down to the wire. Eagles it is. Put 50 bucks on them. 10 units. That hurt. Yep. <laughs> I went 1 and 13 on Sunday. That's tough. I had two golf bets. Neither of them won. One of them was Jason Day from like Tuesday. And he took like fourth or fifth. And then I can't remember who the other one was, but that was like Saturday. And then the only bet I got right was that there would be a doink. Well, the only thing that I bet through you, which you saw, mm. Mm, mm-hmm. that felt real good. It was Hertz running two touchdowns, Kelsey two touchdowns, um, AJ, AJ Brown touchdown and over 51 points. And in the first half, it was just like Hertz, Kelsey, Hertz, AJ Brown. And I was like, holy shit. I'm almost hitting this in the first half. It was to and win like $2,700. I tell you, yeah, it was to win like three grand. And and I tell you that Andy accidentally also made that bet for me. So I accidentally doubled down on the bet. <laughs> so I would have won six grand had Kelsey scored one more touchdown. And he is I a will be honest. I life. was very nervous for that to happen because I'm pretty sure that amount to withdraw from your DraftKings, I would have had to pay taxes on it. I would have had to pay your taxes on it. <laughs> That'd and so really what funny. I meant to tell you was, hey, just give me your DraftKings login information and put 25 bucks in your account, and I'll log into your account and do it that way. So that's what we're doing from now on. <laughs> yeah, big bets only, baby. God, that one yeah. Well, but sick. I'm logging into your account, so you have to pay yeah. your own taxes. Well, and if Kelsey would have scored another touchdown, but the Eagles would have won, then I would have got another 1000 because I placed a bet on the Eagles at the beginning of the year. So it would have been mm. big payday had a couple of things gone differently, but... Fuck Sage, that. you watched the Super Bowl with a bunch of Eagles fans. How was it? The first half was very positive. Mm-hmm. The end of the game was not positive. Oh, it was I very can't imagine anti-referees, which was appropriate because that was one of the worst one of the worst <laughs> calls I've seen. I I bet it would have been devastating to be in that house. What do you think about what's his face coming out and saying? No, I did hold him. I, I think if you're the player and you're asked that question in the interview, you obviously have to be like, own up to him and be like, yeah, sure. I might've held him a little bit. Um, Cause I think there's the other option is you just say that was a bullshit call, which then you, you look fined. like a sore loser and you get fine. Like you just look, you, it doesn't look, it's not a good look to just say that if you're the, the player, I think it's better for him to own it up. I think. And for everyone else to call the bullshit that it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it like, and there was like that little instance where maybe he grabbed the jersey a little bit. But I think that that's something that doesn't get called 
And you know what was driving me crazy is they kept showing, they kept pausing on the wrong spot. Yeah. Yeah. They I like was like, like Greg, they, pull your head out of your ass. Looked like it almost was the second spot when he turned. Yes. But that's when he just has hand on his back. And it yes. wasn't a cold. It was earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it just seemed like the flag came out late, which I was really pissed about. It, the flag came out super late. And I there's nothing more than I hate. Well, there's one thing more that I hate in football is number two is an errant throw that like doesn't really have anything to do with too. like uncatchable a flag on an uncatchable ball is drives me crazy the thing i hate the most is that there's no accountability for these refs yeah it was the refs should have to sit there and do a press conference after every single game all four all five all six of them however many there are Ooh, i like that and the press get to ask them questions the same as they ask the players the questions the players are in there naked answering questions. You're telling me the refs can't answer questions? Yeah. What is this? I mean, very tough job, but yeah, it's it's that kind of shitty. I mean, and that's sure, the, but you have to be. It, 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 they're they will do a better job if they're held accountable by the public. I think so. I think that would be fun to make them do that because then, yeah, that would make them second guess. And like it would that. make the NFL come out and say, okay, maybe we should hire some better refs. Or because yeah. you know what Roger Goodell said last week. The uh, state of refing has never been better. He said, there's nothing wrong with it. Fuck you, Roger. And fuck you and your grass. <laughs> yeah. Fucking slip and slide. That Brand was... new grass grown for two years, and it's that piece of shit. Eagles changed cleats at halftime because they couldn't even deal with mm-hmm. it. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I was just pissed about the whole, whole overall thing. I mean, Rihanna is the major highlight of it all. She fucking killed it. So that was Yeah, awesome. I thought she was good. She was so good. Mm. I love Rihanna. She didn't really move very much, which I'm not. I don't. I don't blame her for. She's pregnant. I, <laughs> I like that she went out there and did a pregnant. Um, I like that she was just I, by herself. She, like she didn't bring out too many features like everybody else does. I think that was cool. I'm a little bit confused by this whole. No, it was awesome how she didn't really dance. It was awesome how she like lip synced the whole thing. That was all awesome because it wasn't good like the other she ones. She sang. And they're like, no, but it was awesome though. She sang some of it. She lip synced. Oh, she definitely sang all of it. I think. That's not true. Yeah. I don't think he would lip sync that stage. I don't think that's even possible. <laughs> what? Yeah. And you know the band wasn't actually playing either when they had the band out. That was all pre-recorded too. Oh, yeah. I, I doubt that the band was real. But Why even bring him out there? Weird. But she was Very fucking weird. awesome. So, anywho. She's got hits. Right. We had, we have to put in the notes what, at what point to skip all this. Nah. If they all want to listen fine. to it. That'll be fine. All right, Tate, your pick. Paris, Texas, baby. I got nothing more on it other than I saw it in the theater and thought it would be a good one to review. Came out in 1984. It's on HBO Max. It's two hours, 25 minutes long, directed by Wim Wenders. Travis Henderson, an aimless drifter who has been missing for four years, wanders out of the desert and must reconnect with society, himself, his life, and his family. Um, Main person, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, plays Travis. Uh, Natasha Kinski, you may recognize her as well. She plays Jane. Yeah, I I'd heard of this movie like barely. Yeah, I don't really have anything else on it either. Sage, before we get in, nope. All right, well, we'll see you on the other side. When I first saw you this time, it was. Hi. I was hoping to show you that I was your father. You showed me I was. Ha ha ha, we have two fathers. Just lucky, I guess. I can never heal up what happened. I can't even hardly remember what happened. It's like a gap. Uh, have you seen Jane or talked to her? <laughs> we thought you were dead, boy. How long have I been gone, do you know? Four years. Is four years a long time? It is for a little boy. There will be no safety zone. I can guarantee you the safety zone will be eliminated. What's out there? I gotta go away now. Why? Because I'm gonna find her. How's it going? I wanna find her too. I knew these people, they were in love with each other. 
She's leaving the bank. She was kind of raggedy and wild. She was very beautiful, you know. And he, he loved her more than he ever felt possible. The winner of the Golden Palm at the Cannes Film Festival and one of the most acclaimed films of the decade. Harry Dean Stanton, Nastasia Kinski, Dean Stockwell, Aurore Clément, and introducing Hunter Carson. Paris, Texas. Is there something, I don't know, is there something I can do for you? Paris, Texas. That's only her in a movie a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars reference. Of course you would. There was a Star Wars reference. Yeah, that one I did not remember. <laughs> Star Wars reference. When they watched the video of the mom and the kid's like, I think I, I could tell by the way she, he looked at her, he still loves her. Oh, but yeah, that yeah. wasn't really her. That was her in a movie in a galaxy far, far away. He just kind of looked at his mom and his French mom was like, uh-huh. <laughs> kind of a weird little kid. But I like the little kid. Uh, all right. Some first reactions. Who wants to start? Um, I feel just about nothing towards this movie. <laughs> I'd have to agree. <laughs> like it, it wasn't bad, but like an hour in, I was like, I also, so I watched this in two different parts. I watched an, the first hour last night and the hour and a half, the remaining hour. Whoa. And a half. Um, I'm anti over two hour movies. I'm done. I'm, I'm not anti two hour movies. I'm Sage, over, over two hour movies. You picked a Battle Royale too, which was two and a half you hours. Did. Yeah, and I didn't even watch it. it. I hate you. Yeah, um, so I don't want to. That's what you guys get for making me watch Singing in the Rain. No, that's what you get for making us do that. No. Yes. Yes. No, that's what you get. No, that's what you <laughs> no, get for making us do. No, that's what you get. Okay, yeah, stop. I agree. So that's I can what you get. talk about this nothing movie. <laughs> um, but so I, I just it. Like an hour in, I was like, huh, nothing's really happened. I mean, like some things happened, like he found his brother and like they were driving to Texas or to California from Texas. And I was like, but that's it. And like it was and then like the rest of the movie, like they drove back to Texas and they found his ex-wife slash mom slash maybe still current wife. I don't ever know if they ever actually got divorced. I actually don't even know if they ever actually got married, but found her working in like a weird little whorehouse thing and. I don't know. It was just, it was just a nothing burger for me. Like it wasn't bad, but it was just so dotting and slow. Like, <laughs> right. and I, I don't even mean slow in the bad way, where it felt like it take took forever. They just moved so slow, and it was just like it was a lullaby. Yeah. Imagine watching this in a theater at like late at night, and it's after a long day too. Boy's about to pass out. All right, Sage. Yeah, it. Should have timed that pause right there. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, I kind of, I needed to get that in before he came back, but I oh wasn't sure God. how long to. <laughs> Sheesh, new record. I think there was as much to offer intellectually or level of intrigue in this movie as my very long pause and as what is offered in Paris, Texas. Like it was just kind of a pretty bland movie. It, I thought the acting was really good. That was probably the best aspect of the movie, but, and it kind of held my intrigue a little bit. Cause I was like, what, what, what the fuck was <laughs> for four years in the middle of nowhere? Well, but like, it kind of is a little anticlimactic. It's, not terribly interesting like he basically takes revenge upon himself of the way that he treated the woman that he loved based on her dreams just ran away and just kept running like okay you also abandoned your child and she went into a whorehouse and you've completely lost every ability to be social or like you're completely socially awkward so good on you you really taught everyone a lesson and did a lot of justice instead of just getting your shit together and getting a job. So Tate, why did you go see this movie? Who did you go see this with? So I what went, were your first impressions? I, I went to the Austin film society and saw this. Um, and 
<clears throat> went with my dad and my grandma because I wanted to show them this theater and I wanted to show them how cool it is because it's, I mean, it's got a really cool interior, like bar and vibe, um, just two screens, but they like pride themselves on being um, massive film buffs, people that work in the industry and like only put on um, unique and classic, or not even classic, but just unique and like their favorites. So it's kind of like if you're at a record store and somebody throws on their favorite vinyl, that is kind of like, I don't know, it, it's kind of like that where you just trust any movie that they put um, on their schedule. Did you guys catch any of that? Yes, I did. I, I caught all of that. I, I, I tilted my head at the, you just trust anything they put on. Cause I don't trust them after this. Well, they, they, they put on like, I don't know uh, what I think the film community treats as like um, some gems, historical gems, but anywho. So that was the whole reason of going. Um, it was a packed theater. It was a sold out show because it was a huge deal to have this movie there. I hate Austin. And, um, and this guy who runs Austin film society came on stage and talked in front of, with a mic in front of the whole crowd about this film and the making of it for like 10 or 15 minutes. Cause he is so passionate about it. And he has that right next to the mic. I swear to God. Yes, he does. It's crazy. It You're going to make somebody <laughs> piss their pants. <laughs> Wow! Does, does he just or, set things right next to it? Uh-huh. Yes, he's a psychopath. He's either a psychopath or he doesn't understand how microphones work. <laughs> no, that's just how boring Tate's story is. I am intrigued because right. I want to know what this guy said. I want to know why this movie is held in high regard. So the movie is held in high regard because, and I'm going to like butcher this probably 15 minute uh, spiel that he gave on why, how much he loves it. But he should have recorded it. I had no idea what was happening. All of a sudden he was on stage and I was like, what the hell is this? This is kind of cool. Um, but he was talking about how it's basically the, the director in making this film and the, and the script that they had when they came up with it, like, and how he talked about how it was a perfectly imperfect film in a lot of ways of the way the movie was shot. They didn't have a lot of the similar uh, types of way of editing things. So like all of the shots of like the, of especially the first few scenes, um, of like the sky and everything like there's zero editing in any of the visuals of all of the first few shots which apparently is uh really impressive um with these movies um and then there is and then the script is like a perfectly imperfect thing where um they they started with the story which we can get into this more but he was telling he was talking about how they started with this story that was really uh gripping to like people that were reading it about this guy that shows up in the desert who's been lost forever and and then he said that when he kind of got the, I think it was when like they started to get g- going on the, the movie and people started to like it, he ran into a lull when he was making the movie. And from that point on of when he, his brother takes him back to LA, the script kind of lost track and he didn't really, and he was making the movie as he was kind of going with, and didn't really have a script. And that's he was why there's- writing the movie as he was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why there's such a lull in like the middle of the movie where like not much is really happening. And like all of these- kind of weird little moments. And then it kind of finally catches ground on how he's going to f- close out the movie. Um, but he all, it sounded like there was no game plan going into this, which yeah, is that so let, Let's talk about that because that seems very accurate. Like when, yeah. when they get back to LA, I thought they were going to go at the angle where Travis like steals Anne from Walt and like steals Walt's wife and like kind of takes over Walt's life. Like that's the vibe I got. And For then sure. it just like, like she's naked looking at him. She comes out and is like flirting with him and touching him a bunch. And then like three scenes later, she's like, I'm so scared. He's going to steal our son. And I'm like, wait, wait, you were just trying to fuck him. <laughs> what? She did. What was it that Ted said? And Ted, she had the fuck me eyes. Yeah. The fuck me eyes. <laughs> or no, yeah. that was the marry me. My precious eyes. And Ted. no, that, yeah. He says that she had the fuck me eyes before that. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, she was, I would, I would have to agree with Jacob. I definitely thought it was going to go down that path um, mm-hmm. when he was living in Walt's house. Cause she was like, and when, when she like, looked back and was like undoing her apron and kind of like glanced at him and then like walked in, I was like, what in the world was that about? It's funny to hear this because I, I mean, I didn't get this impression at all, but I think it's because I, this guy stood on stage before the movie started and he described how, he was like, you'll see kind of at this certain point in the movie, um, it takes a lull. And he was like talking to it. So I was expecting nothing to happen for like when this, when this whole him in LA started. Um, so that's where I, it, it's funny to hear your guys' perception of that. Cause 
maybe had you heard that too, you would have thought differently about it. But yeah, it it it's it really is a weird, strange movie. I think so. The only thing I didn't say was my reaction to it, um, and I think I liked it, but I don't. I mean, it's mostly because I think it's just weird. Like, and it's one of those movies where now that I've it's been two weeks since I've seen it, I've thought about it a lot, um, and I I don't know. I've thought of a lot of different reasonings for things and like and ways that they were trying to interpret characters. Um, which I hope we can get into. But yes, in this in this first, like, or when he goes to LA, it gets really weird and strange for like an hour. <laughs> what was that dude doing screaming on the overpass? Yeah, don't even know. I And that's where some of these things in this movie, I don't know how the, the guy came up with it to like throw it in there and include it. Like there might've been a reason for that, but it sounds like there could have been zero reason. And that's why it's like, I don't know, hard to hard to read the guy. But, well, okay, so before he gets to L.A., though, one of the things that the guy talked about on stage was that the first 30, 20, 30 minutes of this movie are regarded as, like, one some of the best shot scenes um, in film. Like, some of these opening long shots of him walking through the desert and, like, zero talking, and then him just kind of wandering, and I, you kind of are just wondering what's going on. Um, all of those are apparently some of the highly regarded parts of the film. So did you guys like the opening shots mm. and like the, the mystery that it was kind of already kicking off the story with? I mean, I, in the moment I liked it and like my first note is kind of what I've said, but I said, we're an hour in and nothing really has happened, but I'm not upset by it. What was the hour? And I wasn't cause I wasn't timing this on my, I, I didn't look at my phone at all. I didn't, I was wondering. Um, this. It's, it's hard for me to say off the top of my head. Let me pull it up. Um, I was going to say, well, like, what do you think it was when you made that note? It, it's after they get to L.A. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, um, I was like, I felt like you got to L.A. within the first hour. Yeah. It, it, it's after they got to L.A. I just can't remember when exactly that is because, like I said, I split it up into two parts. And I just can't remember where I came back in at. Um, oh, you know what? Now I do. It was when the dad is talking to the or the, the kid. not real dad is talking to Hunter and when Walt is talking to Hunter in the car in the garage, that's when I stopped about him, like accepting who his dad is. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that, that also made it weirder where like when I picked it up again today, like 10 minutes later, the French wife, Anne is like now just all of a sudden, like doesn't like Travis and doesn't, Want. Well, it yeah, just that she doesn't want to lose her child, right? But like it, it just it she just flipped. Like it wasn't like yeah. Well, and so I think we can, we can get to that part. But like sticking to this op- these opening scenes where you're you are just but yes, introdu- like introduced to him wandering. While around. I watched it, I was like, okay, I I enjoy, like this is intriguing, very intriguing, very intriguing. And now that I've seen the whole movie, I'm like, that was stupid. That was like. <laughs> It was intriguing at the moment, but it, the payoff was nothing. Sage, opening scenes when you're introduced to him? It definitely was intriguing. Like, I was like, what's... But I definitely was hoping it would be more... It it had my interest at the beginning, and it just slowly lost it and lost my interest at the end of the movie. So it like that, it that's didn't, the best way to put it. It didn't do enough to keep it. And so after no. it and after it enough consistently time it lost, lost it. my interest over the course of the movie. And you do you think you gave it a fair hold? Yeah. I think it was actually <laughs> a very consistent loss. Like it wasn't like it dropped significantly at any point. It just felt like a slow burn, like a candle almost. Like I was just watching the wax melt and I was like, okay. He's got a little more time to like come back. Come on, it's like you watching can do paint it. Dry. And then it just never did. And the candle burned out, and I was like, "Wow!" I just I've also got a bone hours. to pick with HBO Max. Their description of this is an amnesiac tries to find the family he lost. That's a terrible description. And no, yes. And so, like when I, when I first read the description at the end of the second and the rain episode, I said, "Okay, th- this could be an interesting, seems kind of indie, weird type of thing." And then I read this and I kind of forgot about that other description. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like a crazy, like kind of mystery. And so I was like partially expecting that too. And like, they just never even referenced that if he had amnesia or not. Yeah. Um, and so I don't even know why it's, why that's on there. 
He wasn't even looking for his yeah. family either at the beginning. Yeah, they don't give any any uh, it was reason a terrible to believe that or not. Kind so. of hurt the movie. Yeah, that sucks that you read that <laughs> beforehand. Um, but I mean, did you guys think that he was a mute at the beginning? No, because no. I saw because I saw the amnesiac thing. Mm. I thought he had lost his all of his memories. No, so I, I just figured he had he'd been stranded in the desert and didn't talk to people and just didn't really know how to talk to people again. He was just comfortable with silence. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean at first I kind of was like, oh, he's a, he might be a mute and then I was just like, oh no, they can't cuz like I mean, I knew I yeah, I knew that a little bit more about this movie, so I knew that he at some point talks. But um for a second I had that thought. Um and then the other thing that I was going to say was I I do like the interactions when his brother comes around and finally kind of tries to pick him up and like almost kind of and like he's he's like not overly protective and like I don't think he's over being over dramatic in any of these scenes, which I kind of liked, but, um, and how he tries to bring his brother kind of back into where he's like, goes, get some new clothes. And he's like, he turns on the shower. He's like, just get showered up. And he like almost has trust with his brother where he's not looking over him 24 seven to make sure he's like, yeah, I'm going to go pick up some stuff. I'll be back. And then his just brother runs away again. <laughs> he's like, God damn it. Um, so that I think was a well done. I don't know. I, it was a long intro to get them to LA everything in this movie was long, like you're saying and slow, but I did like the intro. I think the LA stuff kind of carried on for too long and it lost me a little bit. Um, and we can go into more in the LA stuff if you guys want to. And I, I mean, there was parts of the LA stuff that I liked. Like I liked him trying to connect with his kid and I liked yeah. him walking home with his kid, like across the street from each other. And then he finally is like, all right, I'm going across the street and I'm going to walk with him. Yeah. Well, and Oh man. So I, well, I guess we'll start with the scenes of the kid. I liked and I felt so bad for him when he showed up to walk home with his kid that first day and he was just standing on his corner and his kid looks at him and just turns and starts walking. I was like, I don't know why, but that was like, damn. That hits hard to be looked at as like from your son probably by that way. I did not feel bad for him. I don't I know. Did not feel bad I, maybe for him I should have, either. but... He was just being such a weirdo and like wasn't like yeah, he's barely a... even talking to his kid that like why would your kid walk home with you? I kind of and liked how quiet you're he in was, like the hills but... of California. That walk would blow. Yeah. Anywho, I like the way that he kind of won his kid over mm-hmm. um, by just he was just like, all right, my kid thinks I'm a weirdo. I'm not going to change being a weirdo. I'm just going to be patient. <laughs> but and like I don't even understand like. So when he's looking for through the magazines for a dad and the cleaning lady is like helping him, that situation doesn't really fit with his character. Like if he's just like kind of a normal guy, which he is more or less, he's not an amnesiac. He's not um, special needs. He's not like, he's just pretty normal. I don't understand why he'd be like, I need to find that in paper. Uh, well, yeah, it I was think, just bizarre. I think it was just him trying to, because the, I mean, he shows up to walk home with to walk home with his son. His son like disses him until he walks home with his or goes to his friend's house and he walks home alone the first time. And then he kind of goes home and is flipping through the magazine on like dads and like the the maid is helping him dress like a dad. I think that's just him being like he just got turned down by his son. And he's like, I don't know why, but I, he's like, maybe, maybe I just need to like find out what a dad is and try and be that. Um, so I, I think that showed his vulnerable side of just being insecure about not knowing how to be a dad because he abandoned his kid for like four or five years. Yeah, I don't know. But I it, mean, it was a really random, I liked this scene. I thought it was funny, but it really was a really random was scene stupid. to have the maid help dress him. Like that was also weird. Um, my biggest gripe with the movie, which is a sage gripe, meaning it shouldn't be a gripe, but it is. People in L.A. not dressing the way Walt dresses. He had him dressing like a Texas guy. And my thought on it is this Wim Wenders guy is from Germany. And he's like, I come to America and I make this guy be cowboy because Americans cowboys. And that's the way we do it. I don't know. He was a blue collar worker. Just made billboards. Weren't they just Did from you? Texas? No, and I, they are from they Texas. They were, but like everybody in like, uh, I was just weird. I, I just didn't, 
I didn't care for everybody dressing like a cowboy. I just was like, not everybody. Okay, my criticisms are typically much better than that one. Uh, no, they're not. Mm, yeah, that is on par. Your criticism on the mission was they didn't act enough and sound, or not even sound. They did not act enough like 1600s Portuguese, Span- Portuguese people. You don't they know were what 1600 British. Portuguese, you don't know what they 1600 Portuguese people acted they like. They were British. That was one of the most outlandish claims I've ever heard in my life. They you were don't British. know how they acted. Yes, they were British. But and you, Irish. But you, and Robert your claim, De Niro. Your claim was that they did not act and like carry themselves in a body language type of way. Because I asked that clarifying question. I said question. casting. I said they should have cast. No, but Spanish I asked the clarifying people. question. I asked the clarifying question about, are you talking about like how they carried themselves in their body language? You're like, yes, it was not very Portuguese or Spanish. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't push back enough part on it that way. So I, that's why I'm pushing back now. <laughs> I'm 99% sure you just made all of that up. Well, you don't listen to the podcast, and I listen to it twice. Once when it comes out, and once when I edit it. So that's I'm insane. pretty sure I didn't. Well, if I made that point, I was obviously drunk or high. But it was because they were <laughs> British and American, not Spanish and Portuguese. That was my beef. One of my other favorite things in this movie, though, was... Uh, <laughs> Good detour. How you are slowly introduced to new clues about him. So, like... At first, you have no idea why he's wandering, and then you kind of find out why he was looking, or that he was looking for Paris, Texas, and he's looking, but you don't know why he's looking for Paris, Texas exactly. Um, and then when he goes to LA um, with his brother, you kind of find out little things like that's his kid. Um, you find that out on the way, I guess. Um, and then after that, you kind of find out a little bit about his wife and who, and like that, but you're still unsure of what happened to her. Like, did she die? Did did they break up and leave? Like, what you don't really know exactly what happened still. Um, and then, so I like the little breadcrumb trail that they leave throughout this movie. I think it's really well done. To, it, at least for me, it kind of kept my interest. Um, I think that part of the, the spiel that the guy gave at the beginning kind of made me, it piqued my interest. The, the entire movie did a little bit more probably. But um, yeah, I was, I was always still wondering up until pretty much that last couple scenes in the movie, exactly what the whole point of this entire movie was and like him, why he was gone. But I like the little breadcrumb trail that they left. And in L.A., you find out a few things. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of the breadcrumb trail. Again, there's just I don't think there's a worthy payoff for what we're drug along with. So maybe then let's just, because there's not too much that we can even talk about in L.A. Let's just talk about then when, uh, uh, and I think the last thing is, is which feeds us into the phase three of this movie is him on the journey with his son to go find the kid's mom and his wife, ex-wife, whatever she is. Um, and I think the, but I think that the part that we have to close the book on is that the parents who were really, really good parents to this kid, um, and basically for years didn't even know whether like the, the dad was dead or not. And they kind of took on the ownership of this kid. Like that would be hard. That's why I like that scene about the mom. Like that would be really hard to just be like, I don't know. I, I think it's reasonable that she's very scared. Um, of losing yes, this for kid. sure, and I I completely like get that part. It's just the complete and total flip that it feels like happened that happens yeah. with that character. Which I guess I didn't um, feel that flip, but yeah. Real quick, I just want you guys to picture what Wim Wenders looks like in your head. Do you have it? Yes, because I think this is this is exactly what I pictured. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that I couldn't be more accurate. Him to be fatter. I, oh, really? I imagine maybe way older. Yeah, older and the, fatter. This is just what I pictured. That's a hell of a jawline. Jesus. It's like a he cube. Just, that is a hell of a jawline. <laughs> He's like a cube for a chin. It's just, he. that's just exactly what I, I'm like, no, yeah, that's that's a Wim Wenders from Germany. Um, But anywho, so when we, like when he's sitting with his kid in the back seat of the truck and they're deciding to go find his mom, well, and I like that he's kind of already decided. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look for her." Um, and then the the kids like, "Can I come?" And he's just like, "Yeah, sure," because he doesn't really give a fuck about society or anything like that. Um, but I and this is another part where I thought it dragged on a little too long. Um, but thinking back to it over the last like two weeks, I think I do actually like. I mean, I like the length of this movie, and I, I think they did it a good job with it. But 
Um, it felt like they were in this town for a long time, just kind of like he found the wife, but he like was too scared to do anything about it. Um, and that annoyed the shit out of me. I was like, you did this entire trip and journey and you finally found her and all you like you have her on the phone and you get the chance to talk to her and you still don't say what you came all this way to say. And I thought he was about to go home and I was pissed. Um, but I think I like that it reveals a few more things about him, him being an alcoholic, um, which kind of shows up when him and his son go to that bar and he gets plastered. Um, cause it's the, it's the first time in the whole movie. He's been like, he like denies alcohol the whole rest of the movie. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah. What'd you guys think of this last scene or this last phase of the movie? Um, again, standalone by itself, a fine scene, a well, well-made scenes and story, but for it to end this, be the finality of this ridiculous mystery type of thing just isn't a worthy enough payoff for me. Like it just, it just left me felt feeling flat. I mean, I think the, I think the, um, what you find out about him was pretty deep, but we can get into that more. Sage, what did you think of this last, like, and the way that it played out? It was aesthetically pleasing and the acting was very well done. And the dialogue wasn't interesting, but like, what's the word for that one? <laughs> this is a weird word, but it was kind of like attractive. Like, um, particularly the last conversation between Travis and uh, what Jane. That whole thing was like the, the fact that he had to turn his chair away from her to kind of relive their story. There is something attractive about the whole scene. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, so like, I, it, it, there was just, there's so little kind of investment as a viewer for me that it, ultimately I just didn't really care because I was like, I don't understand what's happening. The plot just kind of going to Jacob's point, it, the story behind it just felt weird or misplaced or lacking. I don't know what the word for it would be there. It's kind of like a very, very, very well done modern art painting. It caught my mm. eye. I thought it was pretty. It made me think about it for like two seconds. And then the longer I looked at it, the more I was like, wow, I don't see a point to this painting. And then I move on. I, I, I think I see what you guys are saying. Um, this movie, the entire time, it kind of goes without ever seeing uh, what the finish line is or could be. And it feels, yeah, and it just kind of, keeps carrying on and you have no idea what the like i mean i most most movies from the beginning you can kind of tell what the climax will be or might look like um but this one the bar just keeps moving and you have no idea when it's well if we're being objective how. here this guy takes a kid from a stable home with a good income in la and to drops him off to a hooker in houston yes. it's like and then he's like, this is the right decision for my boy, and I'm going to abandon him again because I divided us all okay. four years ago and sprinted into He takes her from an upper-middle-class L.A. family and delivers him to a whore. And I, 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 do, I don't want to move on from that modern art thing that Sage said because I think that's very – I think it's a very good description. It is very good. For a movie that's 40 it's, years old, it's a very good It's, it's so like modern art. It's intriguing. It catches your attention. You're like, oh, what is that? But then you spend some time with it and you're like, okay, well, this isn't making me feel anything like good art really does. This isn't really like there's nothing deeper than what I am seeing on the surface. Like the his story is he drank. He was a jealous husband and then he became abusive and then she left and took his kid, and we don't really know what he did in those four years. He just said he walked to a place with no people. And, like, that's not a very deep story. And, like, it doesn't make me feel anything. Just like modern art doesn't make me feel anything. Yeah, well, I, which I see what you guys are saying, but I think it's very, I think it's a pretty deep story. Um, right. you, you like modern art. Uh, I, like I modern do. Art. I do. 
But this one, I think you can definitely, I mean, this one, I, it's easy to explain. A lot of modern art, you can't really explain why. You're just like, oh, yeah, it looks pretty colors. I like that. <laughs> this one, I feel as, like I can as explain. As somebody who's currently watching Parks and Rec for the first time, it, that, that have the voice you just did made me think of um, Tom when they're trying to put the mural together. Okay, some professional-ass art right here. I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at. It's abstract, Leslie. Over here, you got some shapes. And then you come over to this side. You know, it's actually kind of interesting. Each shape is its own thing. But then when it comes together, it really gives you a sense of completion. Hmm. A piece of art caused me to have an emotional reaction. Is that normal? Look, there's something about those shapes. There's some emotional art right there. Any kid could do that. No kid could do that. Only God could do that. What is so great about the shapes? He likes the shapes, okay? And he's part of the team. Look, I have no dog in this fight. I'm just saying that this will win. It's nothing. It's mush. There's not even one shape in there, Mark. Where are the shapes? It's beautiful. I've looked at this for five hours now. I like the green one and the red circle right here. I'm tearing up, man. I feel like modern art is hard to describe because you're just like, I just like the way it looks, man. Right. Um, which is but this, but this, I think, like I can explain in more detail about why I like um, his story and everything. But I, I, I just like that. It, I, I just like that um, you'd find out more about him in this story and the way and kind of like what Sage is saying I think like attractive I don't know what the word is for it but attractive is maybe a good for it but for like the way attractive. that it was shot um and like the way that the scene plays out of it's a little bit like almost romantic um but that's not that's also not the right word um but just the way that there's the gripping the, the one-way mirror between them gripping but also like calming and not like gripping like anxiety like but it kept you like you were I don't know why but it like it made, I feel like I didn't blink for that entire like five minutes during that scene where he ha- was like turned his back and was talking to her through the phone about their entire story. Um, and maybe, maybe part of that is just because it's a really slow way of finally explaining the one event that you have been wondering the whole movie, which is what happened um, to him to make him like be gone for four years. Um, and I, the way he tells it, maybe that's like the cooler part about it is just the way he tells it. Um, and I just think, yeah, it, it shows a side of him that is dark um, because you don't see that at all from him the rest of this movie or everything that leads up to this movie. He's like the nicest guy. He's a goofy weirdo, but he's a very nice guy. Um, the, the doctor at the beginning does tell us, hey, this guy probably was like in some shit. And like, so you, you get told from the beginning yeah. from at least one character is like, this guy is running from something or he's like, you get your senses kicked up to be like, this isn't a good guy. No, that doesn't um, kick my senses up to be like, this is a, at least it didn't for me kick my senses up to be like, he's not a good guy. It just said he went through some shit. I don't know what shit he went through, but um, um, I didn't pin him. <clears throat> so that's why I thought it was interesting to find out is that he was an alcoholic. The, credit I'll give it, the, the best line of the movie was from that last speech when he said, when I got up and like the house was on fire, I ran to the only two things that I loved and they were gone. That was a very good line. Yeah. And, but I, I like, and one of the other things, so immediately when I finished this movie, um, and I think that maybe if you're different people, you interpret this movie different ways and um, you have different feelings associated with the characters. Cause my grandma hated him and thought that he was a bastard man. <laughs> she was just like, he is. I was just like, mama, what'd you think of the movie? What'd you, and it first thing she was a bastard man. Yeah. She yeah, was like, I hate him. Either. He's a bastard. He left his kids and his wife. And he brought her back to her and she like, and dropped off her kid again and is, is too scared to be in his life or, her, or the life, whatever. Um, he's a bastard. And it was funny to get her interpretation of it. Cause then I asked my dad and my, and me and my dad kind of, uh, argued back and we were like, well, I don't think he's a bastard. I don't see him that way. Um, I see, we, we both saw him as trying to do the best he could with understanding what he did. Um, and also still at the same time, being too scared and too much of a chicken to do the things that he probably should do. So like he was trying to do good, 
but he was too scared to be the person that he should be, but he still understands what he did do. And I think that that was like a uh, cool. Yeah, I disagree with all of that. He's a bastard. And I mean, kind of one thing that you don't really consider about how much of a bastard he is, how much money did his brother waste on him? Like he totally took advantage of his brother. He had his brother's credit card and just drove off with his son. And then was just That's got him a hotel little. room and then said deuces and just dipped. And his brother brought him all the way from Texas to L.A., put all the costs on that, put all the time into that. Stopped his job, stopped working. Took his child, basically. He's a bastard. I'm, okay, yes. yeah. question, I, question a, for you. Question for you. How did you see the end? You guys saw the ending as he dropped the kid off at the hotel and left the kid there, and then that was it? No. he. I saw the ending as he... He couldn't say goodbye to the kid, so he made that tape and waited at the parking garage where he could see him until the mom got there and said, "Okay, now he's in good hands." Which I would say, no. So, you, so you think that you think that he's giving the child back to the mother? He said yes. he was going to. No. Yeah, he did. What? No. Yeah. He, what do you mean, no? No, he was. He, I don't think no, he ever he said, said that he, Hunter would be better off with his mother and not with him in their life. Yes. So he he had the intention of dropping like oh, of giving Hunter okay. to the mother yeah. and then leaving. So I so I think that that I I didn't and it's kind of funny that maybe you say that I don't remember the details of that line, but the way that I interpreted the movie was that he was just taking uh, the kid to see his mother um, with no intentions of like leaving the kid with the mother or that the kid would stay with the mother. Um, he was just giving the kid to the mother so they could see each other one time. And then I imagine that the kid goes back to the actual parents in L.A. and that the mom stays more connected to the kid. I mean, probably at some point because the kid got dropped off in the arms. And the of mom a knew that she couldn't be the mother for the kid, so that was the whole reason why she dro- why she dropped off the kid in the first place. But she moved away so far away and was so trying to be kind of mother, like. So she's. Uh, this is all crazy. Like he he explicitly said at some point in the conversation, I think with her or someone else. Man, he's still lagging. There's a point in that when he lagged. He muted the, himself. No, I know. Clock, the cuckoo clock went off. I know, but earlier but when you were talking, you lagged a little. There's a point in one conversation where he explicitly said that he was planning on leaving the kid with the mother because the kid should be with his mother. I mean, there was. I can't remember where the that kid was either. Should never have left his brother and his sister-in-law. See, that's where I like. I I disagree. I think it was really good for the kid and for the mother for them both to see each other. And I picture... It was romantic and it was No, I think it was good for both of their mental health. it was health. also objectively bad. Yeah, and I don't think the kid was doing that, was like, the kid was not mentally bad off. No, at, I just in think... LA. No, I, it's just, I think it's a good thing for the kid to be connected to his mother, whether she's living with him and actually being his mother or not, just to be at so, like at some distance connected. Because what they were doing is they were losing their connection when she moved away and dropped off the kid. Like, she was trying to stay connected, but she basically... And I think that that was part of the letter that she wrote to the French mom. And she said, I'm going to keep sending money, but I, I can't face the fact that I'm not his actual mother. So I'm going to cut off all communications. This is going to be my last letter. Don't send me updates about him. I don't want it. Like, almost like she's... Because she's like, I am... I'm so disappointed in myself that I can't take care of him. So stop sending me updates. I'm going to still send him money, but I can't deal with this because. Which I think what like that, those are good actions from her. So I think that was a scared action from her. I don't think that that was a good action from her. I think that was just her being scared. I think the result of that was good. I think it's the fact that she left. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she left the kid with the parents is good, but I think that her like trying to stay connected with the kid in some way would have been really good which is what she was losing and what I think the guy, the dad's intention was to like remind her not to forget about the kid. And Okay. But if you're saying the kid needs the mom in his life, then doesn't the kid need the dad in his life too? And the dad just peaced. No. And so, yeah. And I, his story and what he's doing after this, I don't, I'm not sure. Like he could totally fuck off and abandon everyone again. Or I, I mean, he just he, has some he, demons. He drove away alone. Yeah, he so just, the only thing that you can conclude from that is that he drove off alone. 
you can conclude you can conclude there's so many outcomes that could have happened from him driving away alone. He could have then showed up back in LA like a month later. You never like what? His what he does after that, you have no idea what he's going to do. And but he just has I think all of the movie tells is that he has a lot of demons that he's dealing with that he can't face. And he understands that he can't face them. So that's why he's probably going to be alone. Um, this is why Tate likes modern art. Mm-hmm. This is every, I think these are all, I'm not like looking too deep into this at all. This is all conversation that like, it was funny when me and my dad and my grandma finished it, we all talked about this and we were all pretty much in agreement that um, he was being a good guy with good intentions of bringing the kid to see his mom at least one more time for the, for them to kind of, well, yeah, keep he that didn't connection. Have bad intentions that, like, but and 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 that and that we are, but we were all pissed that he was too much of a chicken to deal with being the person that he probably should be um, for this kid. But anywho, so like, I don't think that they're that looking into it that much. At least I think that's what you guys are saying about the whole modern art comment is that sure. we're reading into this. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But that's what I. Those are the aspects of the movie that I really liked. Is that it kind of showed a dark side to him, showed him and how he was weak. Um, and I saw the pic, I, I, I picture the kid after seeing the mom making its way back to LA, either via the mom or the other LA family and going back and actually living in under the roof of the LA family and living a good life because everybody understands that that's the best way for the kid to grow up. But I think the whole movie is just to remind the mom to stay in the kid's life a little bit. And that's what I think he did a good job of. Cause he kind of saw this issue when she was pulling away. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that like he had evil intentions or anything like that. And I don't think he like necessarily did it. The, the bad thing that he did was removing the kid from his brother and his wife and like not telling them himself because he was a coward. And couldn't well, yeah. And that's where I think like, he was just kids. That's also like, another bad thing. Yeah. Where he was just like, Oh yeah, cool. Let's go on this adventure, son. And he just left because he didn't think of responsibilities and shit like that. Which I think is bad. Yeah, but that's just who he is. I don't think it's good or bad. But, I think it's just no, who he but is. that's bad. If if you're if you're bringing a kid into your life and being like ah whatever responsibilities don't really matter. You just one, want that's on a field not a good lesson to kid. lead, and that's also one it's irresponsible and it's going to cause the parents the like acting real parents to like freak out like also that's not a good thing no it's like me saying my dog is an animal and he should be like in the wilderness being an animal and so i have the good what? intention of him like living in the wilderness being an animal and so i just take him into the woods and then just leave him there for a little bit okay. just like what my intentions were good like i was just trying to and you're making an analogy of leaving an animal in the woods to him bringing a kid to see his mom once I had good intentions. He's an animal. And he's a ferocious being and loves running around in the woods and the wilderness and the grass. And that's it's totally weird. irresponsible and it's stupid and objectively dumb. But I had good intentions. So. I don't know what point you're trying to make here. I can't defend this analogy, but I it's, agree. <laughs> it was obscene, but it was obscene for a, it was. I'm yes, it was obscene. <laughs> But there was a point to it being obscene. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know, even know how to comment I on. wish I could help you here, Sage, but I'm a little bit lost. It's... Sure. He had good... But he's the dad. It's not like... Obviously, there are good intentions with the whole thing. But that doesn't change the fact Road that... Road to hell. Paved with good intentions. I don't know if no, I... No, I, I, I don't... I think I... What you're it's saying. not a quote, it's a proverb. What you're saying with the whole intentions thing, like, yeah, he had, wow, you guys, I can't tell what's happening right now. It might be mine, but you guys are, are, my internet symbols up, but it's probably mine. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I liked him in the end. This is like my conclusion of it is that I don't think I liked him a lot, but I understood what he was doing and why he was doing it. And I understand why he was scared and, why he didn't do the things that he should have done. So that's why I kind of like, like he was a well-balanced character in my mind of, he had a lot of flaws. He recognized them, 
but he also couldn't deal with them. I feel like a lot of times you paint a character as has flaws and deals with them or fixes them or I don't know, some. Yeah. Well, I I don't even disagree with that. Like, I don't think he was like a bad guy by any means. I just, I, well, I think he was before you ever meet him in the film. No, I'm talking about in the movie. Yeah. 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 That's where I'm saying. I think he was a bad guy before that in the movie. I don't think he was a bad guy. Like from what we see. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably fair. I mean, he, I think he turned into a bad guy when he, when they were like together and like obviously was like being abusive and like tying her with a belt to the stove. That's not a good guy thing. Yeah. No, all of everything that he did before he went on his four year sabbatical uh, walk in the desert, um, everything he did before that, that led up to that moment, like showed all of his flaws. And I think that in the end of the movie, he almost kind of recognized that he's, it's kind of like the scorpion and the frog. Like, he couldn't change. Um, and if he ever has a drink, then he's going to be an alcoholic again. And maybe he'll always be that person. So he's just better off alone. I don't know. That's just where I think you can. Yeah, you can read into his story. It's always it's almost so vague that and who he is. that You can read it a lot of ways, which I enjoyed. One of the other things that I liked about this film was when, when it comes up that um, his mom or he was conceived in Paris, Texas. And so he just for some reason bought some land there. Cause he was like, just felt like that's what he should do. Some land was for sale and he found out he was conceived there. So he was like, Oh man, I have a calling to buy this property in Paris, Texas. Um, why do you guys think that that's what he was like? That was his end goal. And like, that's where he wanted to go to was Paris, Texas. I have no idea. No clue. Something about his mom. Something, something, something. So I read it as he was like, that's when he was at his most lost. And he was trying to go to where it all began in the most ethereal sense. Literal sense. Well, a literal and like kind of like, obviously you're not going to get anything from like going to where you're conceived about like to describe yourself. But I think that's what he's looking for is like answers to help him find out who he is. So, like, and the only thing that he could think of was to go back to where his entire life began. Um, and I thought that that was kind of a weird, weird way to think about it for him. But that was my reason when I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, didn't they say that? Didn't he say that? He just said that he was conceived there. I don't think he said that he was going no, to he find said, out who he was. Does he? You see, like, because the brother asked him, like, why? And he said, well, that's where I was conceived. That's yeah, where it that's, all began. He said something about like that's where it all began. Okay. Well, yeah, and I, but I think that it was it was because it's where it all began, and he and I think the deeper part of it though is that it's because he was lost and he wanted to find out. He wanted answers to who he is. Like that yeah. would help yeah. going to where you were conceived. But yeah, I thought that that was cool. I don't know. I liked that that was the reason for him liking Paris, Texas so much. The other thing that I thought was, uh, well, I guess there's nothing else. The other thing that we thought was interesting after we talked about the film more was that um, when he was an alcoholic and abusive partner um, and he was blaming his wife for cheating on him a lot um, and when at the time when she wasn't and she was supposedly like she was being loyal and she's like, I was not cheating on him, um, but he always suspected I was. That like and then that moment where like she leaves with the kid like her life after that drives her into a profession that is almost uh in that same realm of like cheating with men um so we thought that that was really interesting that what he always suspected her of and had in his head he drove her to end up being in a way so i thought that was cool yeah I, I I don't disagree with that. I like that. I, I I really it's it's I've just never experienced a movie like this where I just it's just brings nothing out of me. <laughs> which which like a, again like it, it, it's that's not a negative thing. I don't mean it as like a fully negative thing. I don't mean it as a positive thing either. But like, and not even saying like it's average. Like it's just. It just did not evoke anything in me. Which I can totally picture. I mean, it, this movie was very 
emotionless in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I thought the and it didn't it, not a lot happened out, like action wise or yeah. like this line just came out of nowhere. But I I just found it really interesting when the son is and Travis are talking about like his dead dad. And he says, "Can you feel like he's dead?" I never felt like you guys were dead. That was a I'd never really thought of that, but like it's just yeah, that was weird. Yeah, like, I, I understand what the kid's saying because like. I do have people in my life that like I, I like feel like oh like that like I I don't feel them like in like my physical life anymore like that type of thing yeah but even like the medical metaphysical thing of like actually like being able to like feel that like they're not like here anymore is like I think both times only happened with my dad's parents because my mom's parents are gone were went early but. We were at my grandpa died on Christmas Day, but at like two in the morning in Kansas, and we were at Christmas Eve mass, like the midnight mass, and like the three, like my brother and mom and I took communion. Like we figured out almost when he died, which was weird. And then when my grandma died, I could not sleep that night. And like I, I didn't fall asleep. Like I almost fell asleep at like six, and then my mom called and said, "Hey, Grandma died." And I was like, "That's crazy. I've been off all night." Well, that's pretty weird. Very weird. That is weird. I mean, like I didn't think about that line too much until you just said it. But yeah, you definitely can. I mean, like thinking, thinking to family or thinking to anybody, like you can kind of, I don't know. It feels different when you think about somebody that actually has passed versus somebody that hasn't. Mm-hmm. Like it does have a weirder like I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but that was now that you spiritual. say that, that's kind of a cool line. Yeah, spiritual, cool line from the kid, because he's such an innocent, um, young kid that's just is describing his feelings. Maybe the kid's actually just an idiot and thinks he could turn into Force Ghost since he's a big Star Wars fan. <laughs> he was kind of a strange kid. He was a weirdo. But yeah. All right, I, I, I got nothing anything. else. Anybody yeah. have anything? All righty, um, let's get to the ratings from the aggregators an 8.1 out of 10 on imdb 94 percent on rotten tomatoes 81 on metacritic um i got my score i'm giving this thing a 63 it was fine it was not bad it was nothing you know what's funny is you also gave 60 uh idiocracy a 63 mm, agreed that was also pretty close to nothing <laughs> Damn, that hurts. Sage? I'd probably say this is better than that. You gave Idiocracy a 60. Yeah, it's better than Idiocracy. I'd probably give it a 69. Nice. So it's it's better than After Yang for you. Yeah, I would watch this over After Yang. But not quite as good as Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Not near. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is one of the best movies ever. Um. Yeah, I like this movie, but I I didn't love it. I just think it was a fun one to talk about. Um, mostly because I think I spent a day or two talking to my family about it after watching it. So I was just excited to dialogue it up. But you guys got nothing burgers from it. So <laughs> you should you should have had grandma and dad on instead. I know that would have been a good one. She would have called him a bastard man. Um. <laughs> But I I liked it, but I didn't, like, absolutely love it. So, I mean, I would recommend it to a lot of people, but I don't know if I'll watch it again soon just because it's so long and drawn out. Um, but I am going to give it 85. I liked it a lot. Oh, holy shit. Doesn't quite get into the nines, but it was very solid. Plus, it was kind of, like you said, like, lullaby-ish. Like, it was very relaxing. Like, I think I slept really good that night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. You know when we uh, watched... <laughs> drive no. my car and it was like very I don't know almost made us fall asleep yeah but I don't know if that was the movie the the, the movie was kind of like that but it was we were battling like two or three day hangovers yeah we were <laughs> so that was but, probably more the case yeah I don't know but this that's this is like the second time that I felt that way in a movie theater where I was like oh, yeah. I am close to falling asleep are the seats more yeah. comfortable at that place you went to see this where we saw drive my car definitely um, but Wait, they're not which like which one was more reclined. comfortable AFS 
Okay. They're not fully reclined. They're just really comfortable, classic yeah. seats. All righty. Well, that is an average score of 72 for Paris, Texas. Um, next week on the Good Day for a Movie podcast, we've got David Dollar of the Deuce Cast and the Main Street Electrical Podcast coming on to review our second Marvel movie, our very first pick of a Marvel movie, Captain America Civil War. Um, we've already recorded that episode. It was a very fun one. I um, hope you guys enjoy it. And then the week after that, we will have our Oscar prediction episode. So be on the lookout for our Oscar nomination um, contest out there. Um, and if you would like to join us live for that on YouTube, uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, you can just find it a good day for a movie podcast. We'll be going live on Wednesday, March 1st. Um, around 8.30 Mountain, 9.30 Central Time. Uh, so we would love for you to join us. Michael Nip will be joining us and maybe another guest as well. And Sage will be off for that episode. He won't have to record anything. So he's excited about that, I can only imagine. Yes. And Tate is, is excited for it too. Oh, because he gets to record. so many Oscar movies I got to watch. Oh my God, I'm... Not even 50% of the way there. I'm not going to be able to watch every single one like you. I did last year. Yeah, definitely not. I'm going to just try and watch all the best pictures. Yeah, I'm going to try to get the best pictures done. I'm going to try to get the actors and actresses. Yeah. All righty, folks. Well, uh, we talked about the YouTube channel already. That's the most important one, actually, that I would like to grow. Um, besides podcast reviews, um, leave us a rating or review on any of your podcatchers that take ratings or reviews. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those guys would be great. And if not, <coughs> I'm tired of the stove. I'm gonna light it on fire. I'm gonna buy you a plot in Paris, Texas. If you're gonna eventually have to live there at some point in your life. <laughs> I like the description. <laughs> I'm going to um, sit in a room where I can't see you and make you try to talk to me. I don't know. Alright, we'll catch you next week at the movies. I don't give a damn. He's looking at you, kid. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Hollywood. Remember, force will be with you always. It's bold in terms of jerking people around, but I may have gone too far in a few places. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Yeah.